what is the flipping crack home slices um, I had a weird dream last night it, it, it wasn't actually a weird dream it was a really really normal dream and that's why it was so weird um, in the dream all I was doing and I think it was on like a repeat it was like do you remember back when like you used to watch DVDs and they'd play a little bit of the movie at the start where like there's like the 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 selection of whether you can play um scene selection all these things and they play a little bit of the movie over and over again and sometimes you'd finish watching the movie and you'd just be pottering around the place and the fucking intro would just be playing over and over and over again that's that's kind of kind of how my dream was last night and all i was doing in this dream the only thing i was doing in this dream was drinking water that's all I was doing. Drinking a glass of water, right? Over and over and over again, right? And my subconscious, my, I think my subconscious is quite smart, like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a smart force within my life. Um, because, like, as soon as I finished with this dream, I woke up. And my mouth was like the flipping Gobi Desert. Absolutely parched. Uh, so I woke up and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do what my dream told me to do. I thought it was some sort of a prophecy. Do you know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill the prophecy of my dream now. And I'm just going to go downstairs and I'm going to get some water. And do you know what? I'm going to go to the bathroom as well while I'm up. Because you know when you're, when you're after waking up from a bit of sleep, you always need to go to the bathroom. So went to the bathroom, got something to drink. Felt a hundred times better for it. and But then I couldn't fucking get over the fact that my dream was literally just me drinking a glass of water. You know? It's like, oh yeah, just drinking a glass. Like, how... I, I don't care if you're Quentin Tarantino. There's no way that you could make a dream about drinking water in any way exciting. Um, I was just glad to wake up and realise that I hadn't peed the bed or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like... Like one of those fucking dreams. I remember very, very, very distinctly about seven years old and having a dream that I was helping Pokemon put out a fire. <laughs> I was helping Pokemon put out a fire with we, like in the dream. And sure, obviously in real life, it carried over to real life. I peed the bed, like, you know. And I was trying to tell my folks, I was like, I was like, guys, like, it's not because I wee the bed. Because, like, I didn't. It wasn't something that I usually did. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's friends of mine that wee the bed when they drink alcohol, like, still to this day in their 20s, like, in 30s. So, it's it's not, it's not about, um it's not about, like, that I was weeing the bed as a, as a child. I, I just, it wasn't something that I did. But this one particular time, it happened. And I was like, guys, ma'am, dad, like, you don't fucking realise I was helping Squirtle and the boys put out a fucking fire here like you know what i mean like i was helping out like i was you know i was actually part of the rescue team you know trying to help this fucking burning building you know helping out the pokemon so i was you know i was weeing like that's all i could do like you know what i mean like i didn't have bubble action or you know what i mean or hydro pump or any of these moves that the pokemon had i could only utilize what i had at the time and that was we but it just so happened in real life that I just, I weed the bed, like, you know what I mean? And, and that, that's what happened. So, like, I think, you know, after I said it to them, you know, look, I'm, I was actually helping out, like, I was helping the Pokemon. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> they were like, you, you wet the fucking bed and now we have to deal with this because you're seven and we're adults and we have to do that now because you're a child and we have to, we have to change the bed and fucking sort out the mattress and clean the mattress and, all this kind of crap that I never thought about at the time. I was like, oh, Jesus, what are you getting so worked up about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know fucking people that wet the bed under reg. Like, and I, this is the first time. I'm the first time here. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, that happened anyway. Um, so I, I was just, I was just thankful that my dream, my prophecy of drinking water was actually just going to be that. It was just like, oh, it's just going to be me drinking water. Like, you know. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, first patron meetup my first patron meetup the patreon meetup is happening this month um so i'm 
flipping so excited about that because the patronage really is like it's my it's it's what well, i suppose my only guaranteed form of income but it's 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 just something that is very very special to me and it is something where i've wanted to give more back not just the regular episodes or not just the um the 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 posts that i put up on patreon but give back a little more and 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 get this meetup together so we're all meeting up uh, i'm going to bring some refreshments we're going to go for a lovely walk and uh, it's in a, a a beautiful beautiful area and we're going to finish up the walk and then we're all going to have lunch amazing amazing love it so it's going to be it's going to be great and i'm, I'm looking forward to it so to all my patrons out there that that give me a, a euro a month or five euro a month or whatever it is that you uh, contribute it means so much to me it means so much to me and it, and it means a lot to the podcast because it just makes me want to improve the podcast it makes me want to give my, more back to the podcast so that being said right many times i have talked about irish folklore on this podcast and people have absolutely loved it like you know what i mean and i love irish folklore because i'm an i'm an incredibly proud irish man and i have this story that's a very very well known story that people may not have actually fully remembered the details of it right and um the the story is the story of tier nanog and some of you might know the story of Tiernanog from the movie Into the West um, with Gabriel Byrne. But uh, basically the, the story is told there, you know, and it's um, like the, the the horse that the two boys, Tato and, and um, fuck it, Jesus, I can't tell, can't think of the Shmoff for his name, but the two of them are on a horse called Tiernanog because of the story of Tiernanog, you know what I mean? And... Tiernanog is one of the most famous Irish folklore stories. So Tiernanog is the land of eternal youth. That's what it translates into is, you know, the, the land of youth, the land of the of the young, um, or the land of land of eternal youth. And so, right, the the story concerns Oshin, right? Oshin is the son of Fionn McCool. Fionn McCool is uh, one of the greatest Irish kind of warriors, poets. Um, and and figureheads uh, of Irish mythology and Irish folklore, you know, and he had a son called Oshin, and Oshin was also actually fucking. This is a great little story as well, right? So like, Fionn McCool, um, actually married Sive, right? But Sive was actually turned into a deer, right? And she was turned into a deer. And when Fionn actually caught her, Fionn caught the deer. And when she said, oh yeah, you know, when, when when he was going to kill her, she actually turned back into a human again. He, he didn't want to kill her. It was a certain beauty about her. He didn't want to kill her. So she turned back into a human being. And she, then they had Oshin, they had um, children, you know. And then, um, she turned back into a fucking deer but the she was fell pregnant with Oshin at the time and she came back uh, to being a deer and apparently Fionn found Oshin after seven years found Oshin on the top of Ben Bulbin in Sligo right very very strange it's just a side note of this whole thing is nothing's ever fucking usual in the folklore stories no one's ever just born right like um there's also stories of you know actually i'll just get into the story and you'll just realize that there are a million different tellings of every single part of every story in irish folklore but apparently anyway oshin was found at the top of Bel- Bel- ben bulbin after being born by a deer who used to be sive right that's just a little side note but oshin became one of the most fierce warriors in the fianna which is Fionn's crew, like Fionn's army, right? And one day, Oshin is out with Fianna, 
and they're fucking just, you know, traipsing around the gaff, doing the shit that Fina do, like, you know what I mean, keeping the place safe and that, like, you know what I mean, um, they're wild people, like, you know what I mean, so they're, they're, they, they go out and they just do their thing, and they're just, they're just fierce warriors and they protect the land and stuff, and all of a sudden, they see this white, this ultra pale, bright, white, brilliant horse traipsing towards them in the distance and as the horse gets closer you can see that there's actually a woman on top there's a woman on top of this horse and she has this beautiful golden hair and it's very very long wavy hair down to way past her shoulders and her name is Neov. And Neov approaches the Fianna, approaches Oshin, and she says, I am Neov of the Golden Hair from Tirnanog. I have heard great stories about a warrior champion by the name of Oshin, and I am here. To bring Oshin to Tirnanog, the land of no sorrow and the land of eternal youth, and bring him to my father. And Oshin is like, fucking hell, boys. She's talking about me here, like, you know what I mean? This beautiful woman on top of this beautiful horse is just after. It's, it, you know, it, it's something that, you know, a, a, a chap would be dreaming about you know what I mean woman just rides up on a fucking beautiful horse and goes here bud I heard about you and I think you're class do you want to come you know home with me like <laughs> you know what I'm saying and Oshin agrees now this is another side story about what actually happened in this story was Neov's father turned her into having the head of a pig right so she had her normal usual beautiful womanly body but she had the head of a pig right but apparently she could still talk like a human right and what this the reason why her father turned her into this pig head was because of a prophecy that this great warrior was um had to see him see her as this pig and agree to marry her and she would then then they would know that the love was pure and that he would you know he would stay in Tirnanog basically right and then when they were married she would turn from being a pig back into this beautiful golden haired woman this is that's just one telling of the story and it kind of it's reminiscent of other really old stories like you know princess and the frog you know kiss the frog and he turns into a prince it's a very very similar telling to that only it's like irish irish do you know what she had the head of a pig she had the head of a flipping pig and he had to go marry her and then she turned into a beautiful woman so that's one telling of the story right but in this telling of the story she's just neov beautiful golden-haired woman on top of a white horse and so Oshin agrees and he hops up on the back of the horse with, with Neov and they ride off to Tirnanog, right? Now, in Tirnanog, nobody ages. It's the land of no aging. It's the land of eternal youth. And so time also moves differently in Tirnanog, right? So they go to Tirnanog and Oshin is absolutely loving life in Tirnanog. He thinks it's the absolute business and loves his life with Neov, um, and it's just, it's brilliant, it's, 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 it's Eden, really, you know, it's, it's another Eden, it's another heaven, it's, it's just a, a place where there are no sorrows, there are no badnesses, there's just decentness, good crack, no aging, everybody's having a laugh, but, Oshin, you know, becomes sorrowful, he misses, Ireland he misses Fionn he misses his father he misses the Fianna he misses everything about his old life and in his mind right because time moves so differently in Tirnanog he only thinks that three years have passed when in fact 
300 years have passed, right? So for every year in, in Tiernan Oak, it's 100 years in Ireland, it's 100 years back home where he, where he was or where he wants to be. And he grows quite despondent and Neov notices that Oshin has just changed and Oshin has become, you know, mournful for his own life, for his old life. And so she reluctantly agrees after Oshin's kind of been saying to her, here, gorgeous, you know, I love you and I love Tiernan Oak and I think it's class, but like, I'd love to just go back and see the folks, you know what I mean? Just say hello, check in, maybe do a bit of washing, <laughs> you know, trying to load a washing, have an old dinner or something with them, you know what I mean? And I'll come back, like, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, I don't want to go forever. But Neov goes, Oshin, like, you don't realise what's after happening, like. You're in Tiernanog now. So you can never actually set foot on Irish soil again. If your foot lands on Irish soil, you will age 300 years in an instant. And Oshin's like, oh, gee, f- flipping heck. Flipping sakes, I didn't know that at all. And Neov says, right, look, what you can do is you can take my horse and as long as you stay on the back of this horse, you'll be fine, right? You'll be grand. Just do not get off the flipping horse, all right? Because if you get off the horse and your foot touches Irish soil, you will age 300 years in a, in a, in a split second. So, Oshin goes, unreal, thanks love. Look, I'll hop onto the horse there and I'll, I'll jaunt her off and I'll just go see, see what the story is with the boys, you know what I mean? Because I haven't seen them in a while, like, you know what I mean? And just want to see, you know, has anything happened? You know, how's the local football team doing? That kind of thing, you know what I mean? That's what he wanted to do. So, Fionn returns to Ireland and... Again, there are many different tellings of this part of the story, but I'm going to go with this particular, this particular telling and this particular area, right? So apparently he was in Balanchgelics, right, in Kerry. And I think that's where the, the, the Star Wars, um, the, the, the Star Wars film was shot down there in Balanchgelics, wasn't it? And he was down there anyway, long before the boys got there from, from Star Wars. Or isn't Star Wars set in the past somewhere in another distant galaxy, like years behind Earth time? Um, but yeah, anyway, maybe they, maybe they crossed paths. Maybe Luke Skywalker was out in Balanchgelics at the same time. But he was there anyway, in Balanchgelics. And two old fellas were trying to move this stone, right? So they were trying to move this stone, which is a fairly usual thing. It's It doesn't seem like it's something that would happen very often, but you think back then, right? If there's a big, huge rock in the middle of, like, let's say, good farmland or whatever the case may be, you're going to move that rock. And also, you're going to have to move lots of rocks in the local area into lines to make little walls. So it, it's a fairly usual thing. It would have happened quite a lot back in the dizzy, you know what I mean? Sure, we have machines through that type of stuff now, but the boys were, were trying to do it by hand. And so, like, Oshin is incredibly strong. He's a strong, athletic warrior. And he hasn't aged, so he's still a young man atop this horse. And he says, here, lads, I'm going to give you a hand. And he gives the guys a hand to try and move this rock and he is moving it with all of his strength and power. There's also many tellings of this particular part, but in this story that I'm telling you, he actually, his, his girdle breaks and he slips and he topples down one side of the horse and once he hits the floor, he ages 300 years. Now, if we, as normal people, normal beings, age 300 years in one go, we'd be dust. We would just be skeletons. You know what I mean? 
and a couple of teeth. That's all we would be. But because he's Oshin, he ages and he turns into an incredibly old, withered man. And the two men that he was helping come close, come come close to to where Oshin is. Because he's been asking about the guy. He's, he was asking these two older guys, you know, where's Fionn? Where are the Fianna? And he, you know, he realizes that the that Fionn and the Fianna are actually gone. That the castle he used to live in is now covered in ivy and is in ruin. And so, as he as he withers, as he gets older, these two chaps come over to his side, and he tells them the stories. He tells them the stories of Fionn Macool. He tells them the stories of the Fianna. And he says that these stories must live on. And they still live on today. And he tells them the stories and he passes. He passes into into the afterlife. And the horse that he was on, this beautiful white horse, gallops back to Tiernan Og, to Neov, without its rider. And she knows. She knows then that he got off the horse and he is no more. He is he has become the earth and has passed. And that is the story of Tirnanog. And it really fits in with what I was what I what I want to talk about on the podcast. I suppose this is not really like, you know, I don't have um I suppose this isn't like a self help, you know, uh point to it, but it's it's something that I've been battling with now for the time for for the you know I suppose for the last year or so really was like my decision making about my path, my paths in life, and these crossroads that we come to so many different times in our lives, and where we're forced to make these big decisions. And we're forced to make a kind of a, a decision that will take us down a particular path or not. And Oshin was faced with that. When Neov rode up upon the Fianna and Oshin and asked him to go to Tirnanog, he had a huge decision to make. You know, he's part of he's part of this this the tapestry of of Ireland. He's part of the, the Fianna. He's part of this life. And so if he goes with Neov. He's taking a completely new direction. So it's a lot of pressure. You know, whether you're, you know, a, a, some sort of a, a, a fearsome warrior or not, it's still a lot of pressure. And so he had that decision to make. And I've been faced with a number of, of these kind of decisions and these crossroads and, you know, where I've had to make a call on things and 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 follow one path or another and I remember last year last summer I did a trip around Ireland and I basically in July the beginning of July I basically threw a load of bags into the back of my car and just headed off and I had no real I had I had a start point and I had a finish point so my start point was I was going to go to Kerry and I was going to meet this, meet my friend Paul, who was actually not my friend really at the time. I had met him a, about four or five days before this on a mountain skills course. And I said, you know what, this guy's actually quite sound. And he seems interested in doing trips around the place. He seems interested in mountaineering and camping and doing multi-day trips and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this guy seems sound. So I asked him, I said, here, this was like, we did our mountain skills course, right? And two days, like two, you know, six or seven hour days of, of doing this course together. At the end of it, I goes, here, buddy, do you want to just fucking go on a trip around Ireland? Because I had planned to run from Lisbon up to Santiago de Compostela. So quite a far, like uh, Lisbon in, in Portugal to Santiago de Compostela on the northwestern coast of Spain and COVID said no you ain't doing that no dice you're staying put you're staying at home and there was no you know um, 5k 10k or whatever 
there was at that time and Paul had actually planned to go over to France and his plans were changed and cancelled so we both ended up meeting each other down in, in Kerry and doing this trip around Ireland and it, it was just a fantastic trip and um, he he runs the Instagram page outdoors for days is the name of the Instagram page and he's actually doing the Camino now which is very funny because he's heading towards Santiago de Compostela where I was heading which would have been the Portuguese way is what I would have been doing I think Paul is doing the French way so he started you know in the Pyrenees oh I went over the Pyrenees and across the northern coast of Spain and is heading towards Santiago which is very funny but follow his page it's it's great it's fantastic he's, he's a great photographer and uh, he's a great storyteller as well so um follow the page but he um or we we went on this trip around ireland it was a magnificent trip we made all all our way all the way through the west coast of ireland and uh, then he had to head away i headed through northern ireland seeing lotus places hiking loads of different mountains and back down the east coast again but at the beginning before i had even set off on this trip i had applied for a master's in ucc in positive psychology and coaching psychology and it seemed like it was right up my street everybody that i had met or talked to about it said that's made for you that'll be class you're going to be great that's fantastic and it seemed like such a such a uh, a usual or normal step for me to take was to do this college course you know it would it would seem just quite you know right for me to do it and so i applied for the course and i actually at the very near the very very end of this trip about a week and a half or two weeks uh before the end of this trip I was notified that I would be starting in September. So this was like the start of August and I would be starting in the end of September actually, yeah. So I had about six weeks, let's say, of, you know, time before I started this college course. And once I found out that I got the course, I was like delighted because, look, I had gone through interview processes and different applications that I had written and it was really quite a rigorous selection process because there was a lot of people who wanted to do this particular master's. And when I got it, I had this feeling of like, oh, class. And and I was a, it was a sense of achievement. But like, I wasn't excited about it. You know, I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't thinking, yes this is class, like this is going to be so interesting, it's going to be a great experience, I didn't have that feeling about it, and the more that that time and days ticked on about, you know, coming up to the day of the of the Masters, I just didn't have that excitement about it, I never, I didn't do any work for it, I barely, I had nothing together, nothing together i'd i'd done zero preparations if there was any to be done i had done no preparations like even like getting my login details for student portals and all of these different things i just had zero interest in doing any of it i spent so much time just on the mountains running around mountains climbing mountains camping out you know what i mean cooking up my food on the side of mountains and all this kind of stuff that i just found so exhilarating and so enjoyable that I never thought about it and so finally the day came for me to start this course and I just I I felt so I felt in my mind so lethargic about it I had no energy or exuberance that I usually have for things that I want to do you know what I mean I'm usually the one that's like yes come on let's do it Let's get the energy levels high and, you know, let's have some fun. And I just didn't have that at all. And I had the complete opposite feeling. I was like, oh my God, like this is the first day. And it's the first lecture. It was a two hour lecture. And I'm feeling like, "Mm, maybe this isn't for me. And by the end of that lecture, 
I had made the decision to drop out, to drop out of the Masters. There's no, there's no, there's no way of about, around it. There's no way around it saying, oh yeah, I, I, I removed myself from the course or whatever. I dropped out. I dropped out of the Masters. And I, as well, I had always had a, um, because I, I finished a, a law, I finished a law degree, right? And it was a degree that I really knew that I did, wasn't going to do anything with. I, you know, I never actually really needed the law degree. Um, th- then, I, you know, I, I had done that and I had like soldiered through it really, you know, more than anything to just get the degree. I always had this perception then that people that dropped out of college or people that dropped out of masters were just quitting. But in all reality, they were actually in some cases being far braver than me, than I could have ever been because I wasn't actually brave enough to put my hand up and say, you know what, this law degree isn't for me and I think I'm going to drop out and I think I might do something else. Does that sound good? I had never allowed myself to do that because I was like, I'm not a quitter. You know, when in all reality, it actually takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery to say this isn't for me i'm going to actually remove myself from this which is going to inject in uncertainty into my life but i'm going to take that leap and i'm going to go and i'm going to go and do something else and so i i thought it better not to make this mistake twice and so i dropped out and i immediately felt great about the decision and that and that's something that really told me that I had made the right call but it was just it was strange it was like this gut feeling that it was like no like it was it's my behavior like I think that the where I'm where I was coming from when I applied for this master's was was out of impulse it was like Yes, that's something, a good idea. And it came in and I, I just acted on an impulse and wrote out the application form. And then it just kind of spin, it just kind of fucking snowballed from there, you know? So it kind of snowballed from there as to like, uh, you know, oh yeah, I applied. And then it's like, oh, oh shit, I actually, you know, I might actually, have, you know, get this, you know what I mean? And so that I, I was working on emotion and I wasn't going with, with like checking my behavior like so when I looked back upon it like when I had come to the day when I was going to start this master's and I looked back upon my behavior the last six weeks since I found out that I was got I had gotten the course it just I should have known I should have seen by my behavior in that six weeks that this wasn't for me and it wasn't you know because like I put effort into everything that I want to do and I was putting zero effort into this. And it just kind of, it said something to me. And I kind of said, okay, we're going to keep that in mind for our future decisions. We're going to say, okay, what was my behavior like? Not what were my thought, like my, my emotional impulses? What was my behavior? My emotional impulses is what made me apply. And what made me do the interviews and all of these things. But it was... It was my behavior that showed me my real want or desire whether to do it or not. You know what I'm saying? So I'd left that because I thought, no, I'm not going to do that because that's I don't want to be, uh, I didn't want to be a positive psychology or, or a life coach. You know, I didn't want to, to do that. And so, you know, I, I, I just th- thought that I'm, you know, that that's kind of maybe because people had said it to me so often. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe it is a good path to follow. And so I went down that road and realized, no, it's not. And I was kind of stuck in this thing where I'm like, OK, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to 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 make a living and, and allow myself to do what I wanted to do? And so. Um, September ended, it came into October, October came and went, and in November, I decided that I wanted to, I in, in late October, actually, I decided that I wanted to do a podcast, and I recorded a few episodes, and I was like, sitting on a couple of episodes for a couple of weeks, 
And I said, you know what, now, I, I, I then did the, the backyard adventure where I lived outside. I didn't set, step foot in a building or a car or a vehicle for two weeks. And I stayed outside for two weeks. And I then was like thinking to myself, I suppose I had this amazing clarity, which in the later parts of the two weeks actually turned into like serious introspection to the to the point where it was you know pulling my whole life into question you know um and was really really a formative time actually for me and i i you know i remember having conversations with my parents they were at the front door or the back door and i was outside and having conversations with them and thinking i i need to stay out here and figure out what's happening inside me you know what i mean where are these common things coming from i had so many thoughts and anxieties and insecurities about multiple different aspects of my life you know because i think it was like one of the first times in my life where i was like thinking fuck man like you've taken control of your life but then you are responsible for where this goes whether it goes good or bad and during that two weeks i actually i actually started i think i i released um i i released the the patreon page for the podcast and in the first day i think i got over 30 patrons and it was just like wow like i don't have an episode out yet and there's people that are like wanting to support me you know and it was you know it made me think like you know thinking back to that you know person of you know a couple of weeks before who had decided to drop out of his master's on the first day, that, you know, maybe I was, you know, I had to stay on this track and I had to stay on this path. And then time went on. And I really, if I'm honest, I really didn't put enough effort into monetizing what I wanted to do. I didn't put enough time into monetizing how to, you know, how to live my life and make a living from doing what I do. And so I just didn't, I didn't put enough effort in. And that's just me being honest. And I really just was just so caught up in just fucking trying to actually live my life the way I wanted to live it that I didn't actually think about monetizing it at all. And you just can't do that because that's just not the way that, you know, that this works. And so it came into December and I really had a crisis, really. And this is like, you know, um, I don't think I've ever talked about this part of it, but I had a bit of a crisis in December where I was like, I'm going to have to go back to the nine to five. You know, I'm going to have to go back to the nine to five and I'm going to have to, you know, maybe not for long, maybe just for a couple of months, build up some savings and then we can, you know, we can go at this again. And I'm like thinking to myself that 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 is a solution to all of my short term problems. Right. I I really was. I was in I was I was quite down about it. And my parents and my girlfriend Mel were like, "What are you talking about? Like, as in, like, you haven't given this a proper go. You know, you haven't given this a proper go." But it was just like certain certain other elements of my life were 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 playing into my ear. I had a car that needed to be fixed. I was barely able to put fuel in it. Christmas is approaching, and I just didn't have money to like you know to 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 help my my family enjoy it. You know, buy presents for my nieces. All of these things, and they, these were these were playing on my mind, and I can only imagine. Like I was, you know, I can only imagine on certain people that are trying to make something, that are trying to you know become entrepreneurs or do something like that, that have huge external pressures. You know what I mean? They have mortgages to pay, they have children themselves, and they're trying to make a dream happen and and become entrepreneurs. I have such admiration for them, and I and I now know that you have to really fucking. Like you have to go through a lot of muck and a lot of shit to get to that point and get to where you want to be. And so in December, I had this crisis and I was like, I think I'm going to have to go back to the nine to five. You know, um, my friend Tony in West Cork Coffee always said that there was a, a job there for me. If I ever needed a job that I could go down to him and work in his roastery and all of these things. And, you know, I had options out there, loads of options. Um, and I could go back selling cars if I wanted. I even fucking thought about doing that. And I'm like, fuck's sake. 
how many times do you have to fucking do something and realize that it's not for fucking you? Do you want to go back a third time and just make sure? You know, how fucking stupid are you being here now, Connor? Like, you know what I mean? In all reality. And so I was playing, you know, replaying all of these options in my head the whole time. And at the time, uh, Mel suggested that we do a little trip around Ireland before Christmas. That we, you know, we sleep in in, um, our tents and we cook our own meals and we save money that way. I said, you know what? That sounds like exactly what I need to clear my head and freshen myself up and give myself a bit of a perspective and give myself a time to think about all of these things um, that were in me. I felt like King Lear, you know, the King Lear when he's on the the storm on the heath. There's this this, uh, scene and it's King Lear and he's on this heath, on the top of this heath and he's, he's in the middle of a storm and this storm actually represents his mind and it represents the the tumultuousness of his mind at the time uh, it's the pathetic fallacy it's you know it's the it's nature playing out the thoughts of the protagonist and i felt like this was a way of you know giving me some clarity within the storm of my mind i remember the first kind of trip the first days of the trip was up galtimore one of my favorite mountains in the whole country and we had a beautiful time great day for it bit windy but it, you know very very nice day i've I, i've seen some ferocious days on galtimore actually and we ended up then in the trip tra- traveling around um the country and we ended up on ackle island and we drove onto ackle island and we you know we just immediately were like holy poop why have we never been here before and it was just a stunningly beautiful landscape. It was quite barren in areas, but then it was mountains everywhere, and it was just this beautifully stunning coastline. And we drove all the way through, all the way to the you know from the from the entrance of the island all the way to the other side in Keem Bay, and we came into Keem Bay. And to be honest with you, like you're only ever going to be able to drive into Keem Bay for the first time once it sounds so obvious but there's only one time where you're going to be taken back in that way by Keen Bay and when we drove up on it I just I just immediately fell in love with the whole place with everything and we really enjoyed our time there we climbed up the sea cliffs and um, up around Crone Mountain, we actually we were fighting against time at that time because it was December. It was you know short days. We fucking had to peg it down the mountain um, to uh, to to try and get back to the car. Got back to the car. Really just enjoyed the time there. It was fantastic. And I was thinking about my life on this trip quite a lot, and I was thinking about how comfortable actually it really was i was living at home i didn't pay rent my parents just are wonderful people they're so easy to get on with we get on very very well we're almost like best mates like we just you know have a laugh and a joke together they understand me i understand them it's just been a great relationship that has formed in the last couple of years especially since i stopped drinking and since i stopped you know fucking bringing bringing that kind of madness back into the house um it's just been a great time for us and so they basically gave me the time to understand who i was and come to that point in time in my life where you know i knew who i was and i knew what way i wanted to to go with my life and i also had some savings left in my credit union account right because i'd been chipping away at this fucking savings man i i had saved to get a mortgage that fell through at the last minute and i took it as a sign and i said you know what fuck it i'm not gonna go through with this fucking mortgage this was just when i was actually training for the 200 mile race when i had stopped drinking when i was trying to change my life and i said you know what i'm just gonna keep going and change my fucking life and I'm going to quit my fucking job and I'm just going to keep doing this shit because I love it and I want to feel fucking alive again I don't want to 
work at this fucking job that I just wasn't getting any pleasure from and wasn't fulfilling me, didn't give me any purpose. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to fucking not buy this house. I'll use the money that I've saved to just live my life to the best way that I possibly could. And it'd come down to the point where I had a couple of thousand euro in the in the, in the the account now at this stage. I think 2,000, just over 2,000 euro left in the account. And I said, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back down home now for Christmas. And when the credit unions are open, I'm going to take out my savings. And I'm going to move to Ackle Island. <laughs> I'm going to move to Ackle Island. And we were still on Ackle at the time. We were on Ackle heading towards Roscommon. Um, we were heading towards Roscommon. And... I said to Mel, Mel want Mel needed to find a new place to stay as well. You know, the 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 uh, rental agreement was after ending and she needed a new place to stay as well. And I said to Mel, I said, do you know what we should do? We just move on to Ackle Island. And I could see her kind of like, you know, peering up at me, you know, from, from the, the passenger seat of the car. And I said, you know, will we move on to Ackle Island for flipping heck? Will we just go for it? And she said, yeah, yeah, okay. I said, search, do all your bits and pieces. Mel is an incredible organizer, an incredible planner and event planner. And so I was, I knew I was leaving it in good hands there when I was saying, you know, will you try and sort this out while I drive us? Because I'm not that guy, you know what I mean? I Look, I, I, I'm... I'm you know, good on the mountain, good for helping people pull through things if they're if it's quite a tough situation. You know, I'm good for words of wisdom. You know, um, I I am quite good at like staying warm, dry, and fed on the mountain and looking after myself and helping people look after themselves. But I'm not really a great planner of things. And Mel is, and look, I suppose I should stop saying that I'm not a great planner of things because. I'm just not giving myself an opportunity to be a good planner at stuff because I opt out of planning stuff by saying I'm not a planner. So I'm going to stop doing that and I'm just going to become a planner. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, Mel created a short list of houses, emailed people and got us the old fisherman's cottage. Absolutely stunningly beautiful house in Dugart, in Ackle Island and my god what a spot we just like we couldn't believe our luck really like that we were just living on this island and just having this wonderful time together and really getting to you know to know each other but we moved into Ackle Island and one of my like one of my New Year's resolutions or one of my things that I said that I was going to try and change in that time was I was going to give myself a work day. That's all I was going to do. I was going to give myself a work day. And all that was at the start was I was going to write things down. I was going to prepare for the podcast. I was going to get things done in that way. Um, and I was just going to, you know, just continue to live my life in an adventurous way that I just love doing. You know, I just love fucking sea dipping, climbing mountains, doing the things that bring me joy. Running, you know, running fucking training for to try and beat my marathon time. All of these things, I was going to do that. And that was my work day. So I'd taken out all my savings at this point and it was just make or break. I'd be heading back to my house absolutely broke as a joke you know, if, if if nothing happens. But I was just going to give myself a work day. And then, what had happened was, I had actually just taken away these comforts. So it really was this kind of, I suppose, make or break. I would always fall back on, on my parents' house or whatever. But to me, once I left that house, once I left my parents' house, I had kind of made it in my head and I said it to them, once I leave here, in the best possible way, and I mean this in you know from the bottom of my heart and with love to you guys, I don't ever want to come back. <laughs> I don't ever want to move back in with you in the best possible way. I want to stay here. I want to stay, and by here I mean I want to stay in my own life. 
So I took that comfort away and I also took the knowledge that I don't, you know, I always had the knowledge, ah, look, I have a couple of thousand euro. If ever, if anything ever happens, you know, I can take money out and I'll be able to get, you know, I'll be able to get by or do something for the time being. I didn't anymore. I got rid of those savings. I paid for the deposit now and I paid for the, the, the rent. And so it really was just up to me to like, create this work day and create this work environment and by by making that decision to remove those comforts I, I, I and and to create this work day I was just creating the environment for things to work out and they did I started to get in contacted by companies that wanted to work with me on the adventure side of things they they wanted to you know Heli Hansen I I um was approached by to to um to review the nine worlds jacket incredible jacket incredible jacket and it was one of those jackets where i took it out of the box and i immediately knew this this thing's waterproof and it's going to protect me on the mountain and it's going to be class and that's just a really good sign in a jacket but anyway so Helly Hansen had gone on to me and then a few other companies had gone on to me and then companies had gotten on to me to do talks at events and to be on discussion panels and things just started to move in such a way that I was like whoa you know it, it was amazing it was amazing and I just continued to just live my life as normal in terms of I was always still getting out on the mountains. I was still running on the roads. I was still dipping in the oceans. I was still doing the things that I fucking love doing, which was also adding these different perspectives to my life and different experiences to my life. So I was growing as a person. And so I had more fodder for the podcast. I had more fodder for these talks that I was giving to universities and companies and schools. I had more knowledge that I could bring to the sphere of if there was a company that got that contacted me and wanted to work with me that I really believed in and I believed in the products I would be in a position to do that I'd be in a position to 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 help them because I'm living that life I'm living the life that Heli Hansen are making these jackets for I'm living the life that MSR are making tents for I'm living the life that term arrests are making uh, mattresses and sleeping bags and stuff for. So I can help these companies because I know I am doing that and I live that just on a normal basis without with or without work. And it was one of those times just like Fionn, or sorry, just like Oshin, when he made that decision to to hop onto that horse and to go to Tirnanog, I had to make that decision to clear out the credit union account and go to Ackle Island and there would there would be no I couldn't I, I could never move back into my house so Ireland in the story of Tiernanog was my house if I had stepped in my mind if I'm stepping foot back into my house and moving back into my parents house I am stepping off the horse and I am I am dying <laughs> you know I am, I'm withered and old. You know, and that's that's what this story really brought about to me. And the reason why I wanted to tell you guys was because I had to make that call and I had to make that call knowing there was no going back. That I was going to have to make sure that I was going to be able to live the life that I wanted to live and make a living from it to the point where I was going to be able to to stay in this Tiernanog of mine, which I'm in now, let's say, in this life. And that I wasn't going to be able to step foot on on, on, on the soil of my parents' house and move back in there. Oh yeah, I could go visit. But I can never move back there. And that's that that's and and that's just something in my own mind. And look, they'd gladly open the doors and have me back in if I ever wanted that. That's not it's not what it's about. What it's about is I'm stamping my own ground here. And I'm I'm staying in in my own life. And I had to make that decision. I had to make that call. And it was just like when I sat down to that first lecture in September last year and I said, No, this isn't for me. I need to make a call. 
and again the masters was like ireland i couldn't ever go back to the masters because that was me falling off the horse falling off the horse of my own life you know and this is just a personal note for me and these are these decisions these gut decisions that we we need to follow what our actions tell us and sometimes emotional impulses can come in and they can say yeah that's what i'm gonna do but don't ever be afraid to say mm, do you know what i might have, i might have called this wrong here and i might have called this you know a bit off and i only just got into this situation as well now you know recently in my life where i bought a motorcycle I'm, i was just fucking listening to motorcycles whizzing past my house and the last time i had a bike the last time i had a bike the last time I was on that bike, I fell off. I fell off the bike, crashed it. It fucking cost me so much fucking money, that bike. And it was just scrap. And still, it's still in my house. And it's laid up. And I gave it to my father. And he's he's trying to, t- trying to fix it. But it's still laid up in my house. And that was my last interaction on a bike. And then I bought this bike because I was hearing these... these um, these bikes whiz past my house every day and I said I want to get back on a bike and ever since I have been like I've been on the bike a few times and every time I'm just I'm just I don't have the confidence that I had before I just don't have that now on this bike and like I'm trying to make myself feel and believe that I have this confidence on the bike and I'm saying oh yeah this time now it was great and I, I, I really felt fantastic on it. And look, I do enjoy it. I enjoy it. Like I went out on the bike yesterday and I really enjoyed it. But there is that part of me that's just like, is the enjoyment enough to be on it? Like I really love riding motorcycles with, with, with other, other people. You know what I mean? Other people, other motorcyclists love that. And riding them on my own is pretty good, especially on the weekends around where I live. There's so many other motorcyclists around the place. It's just a cool camaraderie around the place. There's other guys and gals on the bikes. And I I, I, I kind of was trying to weigh up, is the enjoyment enough versus the kind of versus the kind of uncertainty that I feel? And I, I, I suppose this is this is where I'm trying to conquer that. And, and I'm trying to go, yeah, well, look, let's let's gain that confidence back. And then there's another part of me and another side. And this is what I'm wrestling with at the moment that I'm sure will present itself. I'm sure that, you know, over this time that I will present itself and I'll go, yes, this is what I'm to do. There's another part of me that wants to buy a, a, a bicycle, wants to buy a bicycle, wants to add that to my adventure repertoire as well. And wants me to, uh, to, to add that to my training repertoire also. Because... It's going to be a you know it's going to be a magnificent thing to bring forward into my training is to have this is to cycle and because I, I I like doing it too I remember fucking being mad about cycling bikes as a young fella and just fell out of it you know when you're a teenager you just fall into all kinds of madness then I started boxing and all these things and I just forgot about it and I never really got back into it and I just more and more and more and more I'm drawn towards getting a bicycle and 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 cycling it doesn't have to be a big fucking maddie three or four grand bike but like you know bikes are just expensive things they're expensive things because there's a lot of workmanship goes into them to make sure that they're good um and i also um my the the head gasket blew on my car right so the head gasket is blown on my car and i would also like a bicycle so there's another part of me that's saying okay do i sell the motorcycle buy myself a, a, a car that's that's conducive to the type of life that I live, like a 4x4 with a bit of room in the back so that I can, you know, lob in all my gear and where I can have an old bike rack and buy a bicycle so that I can just drive this 4x4 Jeep up to somewhere wherever I want to go cycling, cycle around the gaff, lob the bike on the back of the Jeep and head home. So that's what I'm kind of wrestling with at the moment. It's a it's a far smaller conundrum than the the than the college one or the moving to Ackle Island one. But I'm just that's what I'm going through now at the moment. And there's these many many times where we're presented, you know, these decisions in our life. And I made the 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 decision to get the motorcycle quite quickly, quite impulsively. And I just don't want to make the decision to sell it and get a no and get a bicycle and get a jeep quickly either. I'm gonna let my actions 
tell me what to do? Am I absolutely mad and dying to get out on the bike all the time? If I am, fantastic. If I the the bike the motorcycle, fantastic. If I'm mad to get out on the motorcycle all the time, unreal. Then I know that's the the that's the the route. I'll keep the bike and I'll just wait a while. And be able to get a new car at some point in time whenever I have the money. And I'll be able to get a bicycle whatever time as well. So that's that. I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to do that. And um, you know. Or, or, or whatever the case may be. If a couple of weeks go by. And I'm like. Mm, I'm not dying to get out on the bike. It's a beautiful sunny day. And I'm not dying to get out and go for a spin on the bike. Maybe it's time to get rid of it. And get an old Jeep. And get an old bicycle or something. You know, let's 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 switch it up. The thing about this decision is, I could I could have all of them if I wanted to in time. You know, if I just gave myself the time and I was just you know careful with my money, careful with my expenditure, I could do that. You know, so that's just the conundrum that I'm going with at the moment. And like, look, I think there's a point in time where you just have to realize that you have to make something to be that, you know, you, you get off the horse of a decision that you've made and it's 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 game over. You know what I mean? You have to, there's certain times in life where you just have to make a decision and go with it and stick with it and, you know, the, the, the college decision and the move into Ackle decision, the moving out of my, of my parents' house those decisions were those getting on the horse and staying on the horse and not touching the ground type decisions whereas with the motorcycle versus the jeep and the bicycle they're not really make or break decisions these are just like just i want to i want to just you know really focus on what my actions uh, tell me about my feelings about that decision do you know what i mean and just go okay well look you didn't do any fucking work coming up to the college course and then you got to the college course and it was just immediately illuminated that you shouldn't be in the college course and then you know okay yeah you bought the motorcycle you haven't been out on it enough you haven't been out on it much um you know is that telling you that this is a similar decision as the college decision maybe it's time to change it up get a bicycle get a jeep and on you go so these are decisions that we have to wrestle with but I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast episode. I am so looking forward to meeting you guys, to meeting the patrons of the podcast. Look, it's it's always free. This podcast is always going to be free for everybody and anybody. I'm never going to stop this from being um for, for, from being, you know, listened to by people that really need it. So for the those that, you know, listen to the podcast that they don't you know they don't have that fucking spare cash to 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 give me a, the price of a cup of coffee every month they're they're tight uh on funds and they they you know they're looking fucking just for for some hope or a laugh or a you know just a good ha- you know good hours listen and they're throwing on the podcast guys thank you for listening Thank you for listening to what I have to say. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast on on, uh, social media and drawing more ears to it. Anything you do is just a fantastic thing. And for those of you that are patrons that have that, have the ability to fucking give me a euro or two euro or three euro or five or a month or the price of a cup of coffee, the price of an old scone. If you ever met me, would you buy me a cup of coffee and a scone? And you can do that through the Patreon page. You say, look, Connor's actually sound. I'd actually love to fucking buy the man a coffee at some point, and I'll give him an old price for a coffee. And it, you can. And the good thing about Patreon is you can end it at any time. You don't ever have to, you know, be tied down to anything. You can just go, look, Connor. I support you the last couple of months. Right now, saving for a mortgage. I'm looking to. I'm looking to really tighten the tighten down the hatches and all this kind of stuff. So you can just you can just head on, and you can still keep listening to the podcast you never have to pay for the podcast so thank you all um looking forward to seeing all the patrons at the meetup and really just having a great ass time maybe giving you guys some information about about you know about mountaineering and walking and you know uh you know just giving yourself you you a good experience and a good day all right so 
Um, if you guys have any comments to share with me on the podcast, like one or two people from last week said that they didn't like this, that that week's episode. That they said, oh look, it just didn't. It felt like you were tarring everybody with the same brush. And there was a few, few other, you know, there was one or two people that said, look, I just thought that it was a bit, you know, not not the way that it, you know I usually um, expected to take in the podcast. It, it just didn't hit the same way. And then there was other people that absolutely loved the podcast and that's fantastic too either way if you'd like to send me any feedback do um, and it'd be much appreciated so as always i'm going to leave you with a big dollop of peace and a side of love from khan <laughs>